Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Romans, chapter 7. Here's Pastor Ryan. It's not you, it's the sin that dwells in your flesh. But he teaches us what to do about that. And we'll talk about the remedy of how to put our, che- our flesh in check. Does that make sense? But I love the grace and the acknowledgement that, yeah, you know, sometimes I say and do the things that aren't right. And you should be okay with that. You're, you're going to, we're all going to sin and struggle with sin on this side of heaven. It's different if we're practicing it. You know, pitch me another one. I'm trying to get better at this. Pitch me another one. You know, there's a difference. It, it, we're all struggling with sin. That means there's no excuse. He's giving us the remedy here as God does. But it's nice to be able to say to the kids or the grandkids or to your spouse, that's just your flesh. I struggle with my flesh too. Why are y'all smiling? <laughs> But I like how he thinks about it. It's not me. It's my flesh. I'm so, you, you could say that. Say, I'm sorry. I, I, in my flesh, I said something so mean. I was so insensitive. I wasn't kind. Or I wasn't considerate. Or whatever it is in the flesh. And the flesh is just, I love what he says. For I know that in, in, in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. I mean, Paul is as real as he can be here. He understands. He's, you talk about self-awareness. He knows in him, in his flesh, there's nothing good. And we need to have that self-awareness and be okay with, with being able to just say that. Like, if I'm not in the spirit, there's nothing good in me. That's a really good place to be. Really good place to be. To say, you know, whatever, whatever our names are, you know, Ryan in the flesh, not good. You don't want to see him. But Ryan in the spirit is different. You see, all of us have the propensity to allow our flesh to flesh out. So we need to, to work on that, which we'll get into right now. How do we, what do we, what's the remedy? And, um, but in our flesh, there's just so much bad. Think about fl- the flesh. It's not just like lusting or, or, or coveting or, 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 or being mean to people. That's all fleshly. Yes, it is. But it's also being lethargic, being lazy, not doing anything for the kingdom. I mean, that's the flesh. Just sitting around on a couch eating chips all day and, you know, not wanting to engage with God's people, not coming to church, not fellowshipping, not reading our Bibles, not praying, being isolated, Lone Ranger type Christians. That's an oxymoron. Our king was amongst the people and he commands us to be light and salt. So when we let our flesh convince us that it's okay to not be around or to not be okay, you know, not loving people, you know, that whole idea of uh, I, I love God, but I, but, I, but I don't like his church. That's an oxymoron. If you love God, you will love his church. And there are no perfect churches. There are none. But the flesh, it, it's, it's, it's a wide range of things that are not good, guys, the flesh. And so, 
we continue. He said, now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Verse 21. I'm going to back up a little bit because there is some more. Um, concerning the reality of sin in Paul, sin in you, sin in me, that it, it, there's another level of, of comfort and hope that all of us have the same problem. All of us have the same flesh problem. Amen? You're like, no, just you do. <laughs> all of us in this room, all of us in this room, if we're honest with God and honest with ourselves, we all have the flesh problem. It's just manifested in different ways. Some of it's the same. Other, 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 other times it's different. But we are, it's common. And in James' epistle, he writes in chapter 4, Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Right? Where do wars and fights come from? This is a verse that we use in marriage counseling as couples are bumping heads and fighting and, you know, all of that. And we go to James. Like, this is, you guys are bumping heads because you're fleshly and carnal and sold into, under sin. And you got to repent of that. And we deal with that. But, but James here, he, he's speaking to everyone here. Where do wars come from? Where do fights come from? Uh, from among you do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members in your body you lust and do not have you murder and covet and cannot obtain you fight and war that's james chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 paul would write to the corinthians in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man see that's a beautiful statement no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man it is common to all of us the temptations that are out there. It is common to all of us. The sin in our flesh, it's common. It's, it's everyone has their issues with the flesh. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. John the Beloved says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 through 10, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So for any believer to think for a moment, Oh, that's all of their problem, but I don't deal with the sin of the flesh. You know, the Bible says that the truth, that his word isn't even in you. So it is the very Christian thing to do to acknowledge that in your flesh, there's nothing good that dwells in it. Now you know who to fight tomorrow morning. Yourself. Your flesh. And the reason why people get fleshed out and the reason why people can't get over their sins and their addictions and all of that is because they're not dealing with themselves first corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 paul says therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall if you think you can stand be careful the bible says because 
you're a candidate for falling. I believe I cannot stand without God. I cannot stand without God. But with God, I sure can stand. Verse 21. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And so Paul here saying, I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. In other words, when Paul is desiring to do good for the Lord, as he's an apostle of Christ, wanting to do good, he has experienced in his life. That's what it means. I find a law. In my experience, I find that when I want to do good for God, that evil is present with me. That's, a, that's, how I, that's the story of my life, Pastor uh, Paul. That's how I, whoa. That's how it is to be a pastor. That's how it is to be a Christian. We all want to do good. We all want to serve the Lord. We all take steps of faith to serve the Lord. But there's warfare. Our flesh gets majorly in the way when, when we take those steps of faith. We're battling. Because that, from experience, Paul is saying, that's what I've experienced. That when I want to do good, evil is present with me. It's heavy, huh? The warfare. And I feel like as the farther we go on our walk, our journey with God, and the closer we get to God, and the more available we make ourselves for the Lord, that warfare increases. And some of you experienced it on the way here. You're probably like, nah, I'm not going to go. Yeah, I should go. Maybe I should go. I don't know. Fence isn't that pretty. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, the flesh. You know, but you got here. You got here? I find a law through his experience, Paul is saying, this is true. Whenever he wants to do good, evil is present with him. And the inward man, he says, delights in the law of God, but the law in my members wars against the law of my mind and brings me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And so here he begins to, you know, let us know where the attack is. It's in my mind. My flesh, you know, tries to bring my mind into captivity. My flesh tries to kill my mind, basically. And it's sin, it, he's speaking of it like it's, an, it's its own entity, which it is. Satan has not been mentioned once here. The world hasn't been mentioned once here. He's talking about him, himself, and he. His flesh. Your flesh. Our flesh is the problem. Our flesh wants to kill us. Our flesh wants to bring our minds into captivity to its sinful lusts. And this is why, the, how much does the Bible talk about the mind in the New Testament? How much? Galatians chapter 5 Verse 16 through 18, he says, walk in the spirit, Paul says. Here's the remedy. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things which, that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So Paul gives the answer. Look, our spirit is at war with the flesh. But if we choose 
to walk in the spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The responsibility God puts it on who? On us, on me, on you. God gives free will. And he says, if you walk in the spirit, not if someone forces you to walk in the spirit, not if, you know, he, he gives free choice. We can choose to walk in the spirit or we can choose to to pretend that our flesh ain't going to try to kill us tomorrow. It's going to try to kill us tomorrow. Peter would write in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. That's a choice. He's saying to the church, you sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. And to sanctify in that verse, it means to render or to acknowledge. It means to hollow as in being holy. It means to separate from profane things and dedicate to God. So for me, for you to sanctify the Lord in our hearts is that to wake up tomorrow morning and throughout our day and say, Lord, you're going to be Lord of my life today. My heart is yours today. Holy Spirit, you guide me today. And anything that my flesh tries to bring up, bind it, put it away, the flesh is not leading me. The Holy Spirit is. And, and that's the battle every day. People don't even know about that. They just go about and they like pray, Lord, let the enemy. And God is, is, is providential and he's faithful and he protects people. But we're learning because this is the book of doctrine here. Christian doctrine is your flesh wants to kill you. Wants, wants you to turn away from God. Wants you to hate God, love yourself, uh, hate your neighbor, uh, not be engaged, not seek the Lord, not love, not care, wants you to be all about yourself and the self-life. Feed me. You know what I mean? What am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? But we, we are spiritual creatures. And we need to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added to us. You want a good marriage? Seek first the kingdom of God. You want good relationships with your kids and grandkids and family and friends as the best as God can do it? Give it to God. Seek him first. He'll take care of all your drama. All counseling is is trying to get people to put God first because if they put God first, all the other things fall into play. I don't care how difficult the family situation is. I don't care how difficult the family counseling session, uh, all the problems, you can name them. I've heard a lot in 20-something years. God can fix any mess. But it begins with him, uh, us sanctifying the Lord God in our hearts, saying, I am dedicating my day to you, Lord. I'm walking in the Spirit. And all of a sudden... You're just the best Christ-like person you can be. And the Holy Spirit is just like, you're kind, you're patient, you're like totally different, you're unrecognizable. Your spouse is like, who is this man? Who is this woman? Oh my gosh. You know, and, and the Lord leads and blesses and, and, and guides and acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he shall direct your path. Acknowledge, to, dedicate, to, to sanctify your heart to the Lord, it's, it's acknowledge him. If you don't, God's just going to sit back because he loves you and I and just let the flesh just ruin days. 
And in the Bible, it, it talks about having blessed days, length of days. And I think those are spirit-filled days. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, please. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanliness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, right? So there's a difference, Paul is saying. Put off the old man or woman. You're not like the non-believers who go about in the futility of their mind. Their minds, whatever their minds, whatever they want to do, they do. And, and know that when Christ judges the world, which is going to be soon, he's not just going to judge their actions. He's going to judge their thoughts. So our thoughts are not our own. They belong to God now. And God is searching. The, he tests the hearts and the minds. So everyone can have manners on the outside. People can, you know, cut their meat right, act Christian. And God's like, through all of that, bam, what's in there? But you, verse 20, have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off. See, it's up to us to put it off. It's up to us to put it on. He's not going to force us that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which is created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. And so we're to be renewed uh, in the spirit of our minds. And, and we do this through prayer and through the study of the word and through the praising of the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord is, is, is so healthy for our mind. If you think about it, as we, you know, so many people are struggling with their thought life and, and the mind, and, and I wanted to get a little bit into, you know, mental illness and stuff, but just before I get ahead of myself, by, by reading his word, it washes our mind. Ephesians 6, husbands, wash your wife's mind with the water of the word. When we read the Bible, it heals our mind. It washes our mind. It, it gives us the right thought life. It speaks to us. And, and also the prayers, the, our prayer life, it heals our mind, it directs our mind. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 6, Paul writes, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. And so... The weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, they're spiritual. So when we pray, what it does is it brings down strongholds. Those arguments that you have, spouses, 
brothers, sisters, siblings, children, grandchildren, friends, the arguments. When you pray, it, it quells those arguments. It's amazing how prayer does that. If the next time you're just fleshed out, bumping heads, may one of you come to your senses and say, let's pray. Let's just pray and see how mellows things out. Because that's what we do to renew our minds. We pray and we take thoughts into captivity. We don't have to live in bondage to a filthy mind or a bitter mind or an angry mind or an unforgiving mind or a, or a bummed out mind or a depressed mind. We don't have to. We just have to seek the Lord. Say, renew my mind. Give me peace. Remove anxiety. Remove worry. Remove anger. Remove this selfish thing in me. Selfish ambition. The self-life. The self-worship. The leaning on my own understanding instead of your word. Change me, Lord. We pray. Philippians 4, verse 8 through 9, it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, and whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is any praise, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. We are instructed what to do with our minds. We have to keep our minds on the Lord and on the things that are good because our flesh will take our mind into captivity. Don't let it happen. Sin does not have dominion over a believer. You have to let it happen. You have to say, excuse me, Lord, I don't want to spend time with you. Excuse me, Bible, I don't want to spend time with you. Excuse me, prayer, I don't want to. Excuse me, church, not good for me to go right now. You do all of those things. What do you think the flesh is going to do? It's going to attack your mind. Thomas Goodwin, he's a Puritan from the old days in England. In his sermon, The Vanity of Thoughts, writes this. The vanity and sinfulness of the mind appears in a loathness to enter into holy thoughts. To begin to set itself to think of God and the things belonging unto our peace. Let me repeat that, right? The vanity of sinfulness of the mind appears in a loathness to enter into holy thoughts. To begin to set itself to think of God and the things belonging unto our peace. Many people are loathe to such thoughts as schoolboys are to their books, not wanting to busy their minds about their lessons because their heads are full of play. Let us go and try to wind up our souls to holy meditations, to think of what we have heard or what we have done or what is our duty to do and we shall find our minds. Our flesh does not want to think of all things God. Our flesh does not. Our flesh, again, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? But the mind, our mind, we need to direct our minds to Christ. Paul says, 
you know, I bring my flesh under subjection, lest when I preach to others, I should be disqualified. Like I'm learning that, look, my flesh ain't the boss of me. And, and mental illness is, is huge today, bigger than it's ever been. And it's a real thing. But I'm wondering amongst the church, how much of the medicine is really needed? Where people are, are not first understanding that their minds are being attacked by our flesh if we don't put our flesh in check. And I would pray and hope that Christians... Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.